It's Monday night. It's 8 o'clock, and I'm your host every week, Dr. Jacques Weck, Health Watch Radio. And you can get us, of course, on your apps, on your, on your uh, smartphone, or on live radio, calling 712-432-4217. And, of course, you can get us on the Internet at jrootradio.com, jrootradio.com, or live radio, 712-432-4217, that's live radio. Or if you have a, a cell phone that has the apps, you can get us on uh, JRoot Pro. So tonight, we have two special guests with us tonight, and we're going to be talking about physical therapy, physical therapy and how it can help individuals, help you, help somebody that you care about. So our guests tonight have a private practice in physical therapy right here in the neighborhood on off of Nostrand Avenue and Avenue M. Uh, both of these young men are avid athletes, and they're going to bring how that helps us understand a little bit about what they do. It's uh, Jack Engelberg. He's a physical therapist, and... Joey Weiss, also a physical therapist. The both of them bring with them a lot of experience, and hopefully they'll help all of our listeners in a great way. Welcome, young men. Thank you. Thank you. I call you young men, you know, because, like, I'm the old guy here. <laughs> okay, so let, let's first get started with how, how you decided to open up a physical therapy practice and, and what is your real goal in, in physical therapy. Joe, would you start with us? Sure. Um... I mean, coming out of school, uh, everyone's goal is to uh, work for themselves and be able to control their own future. Um, but of course, you have to wait for the right op opportunity to come by. And I had a couple of had a couple of opportunities when I first came out of school, but it wasn't the right time. Um, and about a year and a half ago, or so. Yeah, about that. Um, me and uh, Jack were uh, we were playing basketball. We you know we came out of the gym, and almost like a joke, I said, "Jack, why don't we? You know, we're both working for other people. Let's open up." And surprisingly to me, he said, "Okay." So we got right on it. We started. We got into a car. We started, you know, driving around, looking at commercial spaces, calling up brokers, looking at spaces, and. Uh, we found once we found the the space on Avenue M, and it was being used for uh, for suk for suckers. Yeah, suckers. And uh, we looked at the space, and it was, I mean, it was perfect. It was very open, no walls. We can do whatever we want in there, and uh, it was way above our price range. And we went to look at other places, and we still had this place in the back of our heads, and it wasn't anything like anything we saw. So we said, you know what, well, well, let's go for it. And we went well, in there, we redid the whole place. And, and I love the name of your, of your uh, group, R uh, Rafua Physical Therapy. I believe that was uh, Jack. Yeah, that was my yeah, That's a good yeah. one. I a like big, it a lot. A big part of it was also to cater to the, was to cater to the community itself. So um, I just wanted a name that people would recognize and understand that, you know, that, that's a, that's a that would be a, that's a goal of ours. So so let's really get right into 
what is the most common thing that you're seeing on a daily basis in your physical therapy practice? I think a big part of it um, in terms of athletes is um, when you get those individuals that don't train properly. They go out there, they have a few minutes or an hour once a week. If they're lucky, so, well, you're calling them athletes. I would call them like regular people. Exactly, uh, weekend call, warriors. Exactly, weekend warriors. Where they go out there and try to make up all the ground in one shot, and that's where a lot of people run into trouble. And um, you know, a big part of what what I do for a lot of those individuals is tr not only train them, give them the knowledge that they need to kind of uh, perform the entire training regimen, whatever they're going for, whether it's a marathon, whether it's a small 5K run or a walk, whatever it may be, just to kind of educate them into proper um, um, increase, increasing your workload by a small percentage each week and doing it smart. Well, listen, we're trying to all make up for the fact that we had such a long winter. So, you know, <laughs> what do you want from us, you know? And understandable. It's not, <laughs> and there's a reason why there are many people out there just like that we have all the same mindset you know we do things in extremes we just like to get everything done in one shot we don't like to wait who <laughs> exactly. likes to wait exactly so okay so you're seeing these these weekend warriors that they're trying to pack it all in and what type of injuries are you seeing them come in with seeing a lot of knee issues whether it's your you know your typical it band syndrome what's or an it band it it band is it's it's a band uh, or can be described as a muscle, according to some, that runs in the side of the leg, uh, the side of the thigh from the hip to the knee. Some people get pain closer to the hip. Some people get pain closer to the knee, depending on how it's, prescri uh, how it's, how it's described by the, by the individual. Um, that's fairly common in, you would talk about runners, uh, people that jog a lot, um, uh, maybe quadriceps injuries or what may be described as patellofemoral pain syndrome, where you get pain over the kneecap. Um, a lot of the, a lot of these individuals with knee knee symptoms kind of kind of fall into uh, um, a variety of these issues. And not only do they have a what, even if they don't have a typical case of IT band syndrome or let's say the, the quadriceps are not functioning properly and the kneecap is, irrit is getting irritated, that a lot of them also, you, you, I like to focus on all the muscles around the knee itself because generally they're going to have other, other issues regarding the muscles around the knee. Right. So what I would just imagine, you know, you're talking about damage to the knees. My first reaction is that if you're pounding on your knees because you're on the cement, maybe that's going to do it. Or if you're constantly pedaling your bike a lot that's going to make your knees bad I, am i wrong am I no right? absolutely that's absolutely correct and for a lot of these individuals for example the weekend warriors that decide to just go for a run or go for a jog if their muscles are not strong enough and flexible enough to take on that impact if their muscles are not strong enough to take on that impact then it could then that's when it actually leads to those issues and they're not training themselves properly Okay, so the knee is certainly something that uh, a lot of my friends have dealt with, and they've, I have a few of my friends that actually had knee replacements. What happens that gets it so bad that they end up with a knee replacement? Okay, so what happens is um, usually it starts out with, you know, basic osteoarthritis, and they don't build 
the muscle around the knee enough to to uh, support the constant pounding of their of their activities. And so, if you don't have uh, the muscles around any joint um, preventing preventing that pounding, what's left over are the soft tissues, which, uh, like in the knee, you have the meniscus and cartilage, and and bones. And so, first, of course, the cartilage is going to go, and then that's when you end up with arthritis, which is you feel. It's almost, you know, eventually you'll have what the doctors will tell the patient. You have bone rubbing on bone. And once you have that, all you're doing is you're, you're causing, you know, little tiny fractures every time and you're getting uh, inflammation. And eventually the pain is so unbearable that you can't walk at all so, without pain. So would it have helped those people if they wore a heavy ace bandage in the beginning or when they're doing sports that does that kind of thing help wearing a heavy ace bandage so the so there i mean what what i typically do is if i have a patient that has um occasional pain or is coming in with an exacerbation of knee pain what i tell and they have a history of um you know, minor arthritis, what I usually tell them is to put on a neoprene sleeve for those activities until we can get that pain to go away and then we can slowly wean off of them. So what is the neoprene sleeve actually doing for them? Is it giving them sort of like a biofeedback to prevent them from doing too much damage? Yeah, I think that's a big, that's a little part of it. A lot of those sleeves also, they're not restricting any motions. Right, that's so, what I'm saying. I'm exactly. not imagining them restricting motions, but it sort of like gives you a little biofeedback to tell you, right. don't do something dumb. So whether it gives you biofeedback or that little extra support. Is it, it, is it really it's, giving? It's, it's, it's very, it's scientifically no, but if you speak to someone that wears one, they, they will kind of say, look, I feel so much better with it on, I'm just going to wear it. And for those people... You know, I'm 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 all for it. You know, at least initially, if that makes you feel comfortable, it decreases pain. You're not talking about reaggravating the the joint. You know, decreasing inflammation. It makes you feel comfortable. Go ahead, wear it. And some exactly what Joey just said that once we alleviate the pain and the pain is totally subsided, then we could worry about kind of weaning off that uh, right. sleeve or brace, whatever it may be. If you, you don't want to become us, dependent right. on it. If you just joined us, it's Health Watch Radio. I'm your host every week, Dr. Jacques Dweck. Our two special guests tonight are physical therapists. They practice right here in the neighborhood on off of uh, Nostrand Avenue on Avenue M. And the name of their practice is Rafua Physical Therapy. It's uh, Joey Weiss and Jack Engelberg. And we're talking right now about the things that they see on a daily basis in their physical therapy practice the type of injuries that people have coming, are coming in with and the type of therapies that they're finding need to be done. So first thing that we've started out with in our conversation is the sports type of injuries, the damage to the knees, the damage to the area between the hip and the knees. So besides the sports type of injuries, and maybe we'll get back into sports injuries in a bit, but besides sports injuries, what other type of physical therapy uh, modalities do you need to 
come into uh, use on a daily basis? Some people come in with, you know, typical, uh, or I wouldn't say typical, but neck pain, ankle pains, back pains are very common. It doesn't have to be anything extreme, you know. It doesn't have to be anything that's that's requiring you to take drugs for or medication for. But for the most part, it's something that's just impairing your function. You can't get through your your, your day the same way. You can't sleep the same way. It's impairing the way you carry groceries from the car to the house. It doesn't have to be something significant. It doesn't have to be something where, oh my gosh, my back's pulled out. I can't get out of bed. Now I need help. You know, it shouldn't have to come down to that. Right. And I think so, so how, how is that person going to know that they need to get into the physical therapist? And how are they going to make that decision that, you know what, you know, I got like a stiff shoulder and maybe I better get to the physical therapist? I mean, that's what happens? Yeah, well, <laughs> but you have a couple options actually. So one thing that's the most common and that's what, what's been common practice for years is you would go to your either primary care physician or you would go to your orthopedist. Now you have the option of what we call direct access, where you could actually just come to us for an evaluation. And we would make that ju decision and judgment just to make sure nothing else is wrong. And it is truly a musculoskeletal issue if that's what you're coming in for. And that's, that's an option that I feel a lot of people are not aware of. That you could, uh, in New York State, as of, I think it was about a, I don't know, a year and a half ago. About the time that you guys opened your practice. About <laughs> <laughs> that in the New York State, the law is that you can come and receive treatment uh, for, by a physical therapist without a referral from a physician for That's the a first thing. month of treatment. For the first thing, month. Because it, that is a time-saving factor for a lot of people who, you know, like you said, we just don't have time for anything. So exactly. we're trying to fit everything into our lives. And if my shoulder is bothering me, now i got to first go to my primary care physician, get a referral from my primary care physician, then go to the physical therapist. So. Exactly. So it cuts out a lot of steps and saves time. And, you know, and yeah, exactly. So the, the type of a person that you're seeing, what's the, the, the age range? And, you know, I, I'm sure you're seeing all ages, all ages but what, what would you say is your... Today, let's go through your day here. What type of people did you see? I, I, you know, average day, I would say, is more middle age. We get a lot of people in their 20s, 30s, um, a lot of people middle age. Um, I don't want to say age for middle age. I don't know how it's going to be. Middle do. age is up to 75. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. In that case, I would say a huge significant portion. Yeah, but we get all types and and. You know, a big part of it is is the is uh, the community we cater to in the area we are in. Um, uh, I would say that's a big part of it as well. So, we're getting uh, a, a middle-aged person coming in. What about young kids? Are you seeing any young children? I do actually. I see a, I see a number of kids. A number of kids with scoliosis. A uh, number of kids with uh, significantly impaired po or po very poor postures. Uh, get a lot of young kids with uh, uh, a lot of adolescent teen. I get a lot of uh, teenager, teenage females with headaches. Um, it's it's a huge variety. So so well, let's let's go through the kids first. The kids with posture issues. What are you able to do for a kid with a posture issue? Tell him to walk with books on his head. I mean, what what are you doing? Well, with that's this an kid? option. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, a big part of it is also education. Educating the kid. 
what a, what your what an appropriate posture is sitting in a classroom, how they do everything on a daily basis, educating the parents on keeping an eye on their kids. You know, a big part of it, especially with kids, they're not they 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 can barely do their homework on their own at school. How are we going to give them more homework to do at home? So you know, a big part of that is educating the parents, family members, whatever it may be, to either do exercises with them, uh, constantly reminding them of how to sit, how to stand. Uh, how to do different activities, whatever it may be that they like to do, whether it's playing piano, I think. And I think that's a big key in terms of treatment itself and what a proper treatment should be is education, educating the, fam- the family, whether it's what, even not, not even if it's a kid, even if it's an adult. Some, some elder people, you need to educate their children on what to do with their parents or whoever's, take, or whoever's taking care of that individual. So let, let's go to the the posture issue because for me, as a dentist treating patients with TMJ and headaches, we see posture as a major, major contributor for people who have TMJ, and a lot of it comes from from what what I call forward head posture, which is that their head. I tell the patients like this: I tell them your head weighs as much as a bowling ball. <laughs> And you're hanging your head forward. Your head is able to sit nicely right over your shoulders. Instead, you're hanging it forward. So guess what's happening? You're straining your neck muscles, and you're pushing yourself into a clenching mode and creating all kinds of reasons for you to have headaches. Yeah, and that's exactly the case. A lot of these these individuals are having, um, um, and not only does it come with TMJ, a lot of times you'll get TMJ coinciding with headaches. So you'll get a lot of people that are uh, that a big source of their issues or a big source of their headaches or neck pain, jaw pain, however it may be described. You're getting because of you're getting because of musculoskeletal issues, whether it may be the cervical spine, uh, neck muscles, whether they're restricted or tight, however you want to describe that. Um, that's a big part of how we go about treating that, and. Obviously, like you said, sitting with your head forward, a forward head posture, it's a big part of that is education, strengthening the muscles that need to be strengthened, releasing tightness in mu- or restrictions in muscles that need to be freed up. Um, um, that's, that's a huge part of it. And obviously, education. So when you talk about forward head posture, we, I like to go through everything a person does on a daily routine. Even if it's at work, how are you sitting at a desk? How is, how is your screen centered from your head are you looking to your left right forward how's your vision that's a lot of times um um uh, most most people will first uh, uh for people with headaches will first a lot of times the first course of action will be get their eyes checked out how's your vision how's the lighting in the area that you're working in anything that may be causing you to promote anything that might be promoting that forward head posture we want to eliminate and that's a huge part of it. So no matter how much strengthening and treatment we provide, if we don't educate the person properly, it'll all be for naught, and we won't get the results that we want. Beautiful, beautiful. So here, here we have these patients that come in, the young kids and the, elder, and the older people with postural issues that are certainly going to contribute. What, what about migraine sufferers? I know that you know, the word migraine is a, is a big word. My, migraine is a big word, and maybe we need to define what a migraine is because a lot of people, you know, I had somebody in my office this past week, and they told me, yeah, yeah, I suffer from migraines. Well, when we asked them three questions, they obviously 
do not suffer from migraines. <laughs> so, you know, people have a, a misconception. I think we could, maybe we should first identify what is a migraine. Exactly. And that's, that's a lot. Most of those individuals are going to be coming from, whether it be a neurologist, getting, making sure that it's, nothing's truly going on um, uh, in the brain region. And a lot of those, and for what we do, we can't, we're not going to treat the neurological aspect of things when it's coming from the brain itself. But what we do find, and what research shows, is that a lot of the musculoskeletal problems will contribute to the frequency and intensity of these migraines. So we're not looking to, yes, it's great if we can eliminate it, which does happen, by the way, but we're looking to minimize that and improve someone's function. So if you can sleep better because of that and, that's, and, and get through your daily routine easier, you don't have to lay down because of the significance of the migraines. It's less intense. That's something that we could actually help people with. That's great. That's great. So we, we have migraine sufferers. We also have the, the, the patients that are coming in other reasons. What other types of things are pe people coming in for? Oh, that is a loaded question. Um, well, we get from the young kids, we get um, a lot of kids after a fall, after ankle fractures or femoral fractures or um, uh, elbow fractures, wrist fractures. And um, a lot of times what happens is a child like that will be in a cast from four to six weeks and the muscle will naturally atrophy and a lot of times the, ch the child itself will, will, will not want to use that body part and will make it seem like there's something still wrong in that area when all they really need is the confidence to make that movement. A lot of times, um, well, they, they, I were get, pro they were protecting themselves exactly. for so long that... Right. So a lot of times, um, and this happens very often, where um, I get a patient and, you know, after a fracture, and they'll be so um, scared to move that body part, and I'll be like, you need to trust me. <laughs> because once we get the okay from the doctor that... You know, he had an, he had an updated X-ray and it's all healed. I can now say to the patient confidently that I will move your arm and you will be fine. And once you do that, and and you show them, you know, different exercises they can do, they become so much more comfortable. And before you know it, they're using it more normal. You know, it's interesting you're saying about how you can like sort of give them that extra push because one of the things that we deal with in again in TMJ and and uh, head and neck pain is the fact that the patients don't want to turn and rotate and move their heads around enough so the the best thing that we can do and this is the reason that I as a dentist love physical therapists is we can get them into a physical therapist and that physical therapy session will help that patient learn that they gotta really mm -hmm. rotate the head bring it forward, bring it down, do it slowly, and get the movement going because they're just... The big thing about physical therapists is the fact that when a, when, when a patient comes in and they're not making a certain movement, we 
we as physical therapists have the tools. Wait, I just wanted to just tell you, we're getting sure. some text messaging here. I see, so maybe we can hopefully answer some of their questions um, in, in a minute or so. You sure. see a couple of yes, questions absolutely. right here. Okay, I'm sorry to interrupt you. But uh, movement, we're talking about movement. Right. Yeah, so, so when a patient comes in, and like you say, when you have a, a patient with a, a TMJ issue, um, and they're not moving their necks in a certain way, and they're not being able to increase their range of motion and uh, st you know, uh, stretch out their muscles that are holding down on their skulls and, and causing their, their, their jaws to uh, lose range. Um, what we can do is, you know, we put our hands on our patients. That what we, that's what we do as physical therapists. And when we do that, you know, we do that with confidence and we show them that we know what we're doing and we can, we can move them in ways that they're preventing themselves from moving and by that giving them the confidence to do it themselves. Great, great. Because really, I, like I said, that, that to me is the greatest thing about a physical therapist is that somebody who knows what is too much and not too much right you know exactly and will help me get the range that that i really need you want to take a look at this uh sure thing there? What um, there? what's his question there uh we have a question what, do, what I do, do i do if i have torn cartilage in my knee okay so there's uh first thing what you want to do um obviously if you have torn cartilage then you will had to have had an mri because that's the only way to definitely determine that it is a torn cartilage. We can do physical tests to, to determine if it's a torn cartilage, but it's never 100% because there are a lot of tissues going, you know, in the knee. And there's, uh, there's also, there, you know, you have to know if it's whether the cartilage or the meniscus, um, what part of the meniscus. Uh, we can do physical t tests to even test determine. which part of your meniscus is uh, is torn. Um, uh, with the with the cartilage and the meniscus of the knee, it is very uh, tough to rehab because, uh, in general, the meniscus gets very poor blood supply, so it doesn't heal very well. Um, you also have to you also have to figure out if if it's torn in a way where where the doctor might want to repair it. They actually go in there arthroscopically and suture it, um, and they can repair it like that. Uh, another, and, then, and then your job really starts because then you gotta that is physical a, therapy. Yes, that is a yeah. long, long, long <laughs> rehab process when you repair the cartilage in the knee. Well, what's other, doc other option. Other doctors, uh, you know, depending on where the tear is, um, they might they might just snip it off. Well, what happens then? It's missing. Then you're missing a, a little piece, but you have other structures there. You have, you, there's, there's cartilage, cartilage lining the knee, and then you have the meniscus lining the knee, which is another type of cartilage, which, you know, seats the joint in itself. Um, and then moving this guy along or this lady along, um, best thing is, um, you've obviously seen an orthopedist. Next step is seeing your local physical therapist. Um, and... The best course of action for there is increasing muscle strength around the knee because that will really take a lot of the pounding off the cartilage. So, so when you say increasing muscle strength, what does that mean? Doing uh, uh, weights? Well, one thing I want to I point out also, after, uh, when someone finds out they have a 
torn torn collagen or torn meniscus in their knees is don't panic okay S- many people have torn collagen mm-hmm. meniscus in their knee and they live perfectly fine so ultimately the question is can you function with a torn meniscus and that's where and that's where a lot of times people tend to freak out because, oh, the MRI said this. The MRI said I have a tear, herniated disc. I have, I have an issue going on. There are plenty of people that have significant issues that I, come I up in MRI. Is, I think this is probably the most significant point that we're making tonight and really very, very important for our listeners to really underline. And that is the body has tremendous adaptive ability Absolutely. that Correct. you can really deal with what you got if you deal with it Correct. and don't panic. Exactly. So I, I think that this really is, is a very important point that we're making now. And, and, and similar to, similarly, what, you know, what we're doing for the migraines, for example, we're not going to fix the meniscus or cartilage. That's, that's, that's far away what our goals are to do. But what we could do is take, take stress off the knee. We could... Like just like Joey said, strengthen all the muscles around the knee. So but I, I don't understand again strengthening the muscles. What does that mean? I'm going to the, to the, I'm taking weights and lifting weights. What am I doing? Well, there Bench are, pressing. There, mean, well, if you're if you're going with the knee, the biggest you know muscle around the knee is your quadriceps, and um, first thing you got to do is, and I think what Jack was hitting on was that just because you have pain in your knee and you go to a doctor. And the MRI shows that you have torn cartilage. Doesn't mean that your pain is coming from that torn cartilage. You could be having muscle restrictions in your quads. You could be having a tight IT band. You could be having, um, you know, whether it's uh, your hamstrings are tight and causing you pain. Uh, in physical therapy, there, I mean, in the whole, in the body itself, there's what's called as referred pain, and so you could be feeling it in one place and it's coming from a different place. Um, and, and that's a that's a really big thing. I mean, an, an example I can give you is I had a patient once. Uh, they came in um, with back pain, and I think the patient was around fifty years old. And they gave me a, a an MRI that they took, and that MRI must have been a full page, and just just the just the, the, the physical issues that were going on in the back, you know, with the disc herniations. And, and w- the second he gave me that, I said, okay, let's put that aside for a second. Because that's, I mean, there's, you, you have three, four, five, six discs that are involved. We got, we got to get to the root of the problem, what you're feeling right now. You know, you can't, you can't, just, you can't just take a, a, a physical impairment and say and say that that that's exactly the thing that's causing you pain. He might have had this uh, situation in his back for twenty years without it acting up or 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 getting inflamed or exacerbating. This, this is a little bit like uh, like uh, Doctor Sarner, where he talks about the back and how when you have a reason why all of a sudden now the pain is in that area, it may be that. Your colicky baby is the cause of the problem, and not right. so much your back. Right. Yeah. A lot of times it is stress, um, and there are certain, you know, there are certain uh, muscles that we have in our body that, you know, when patients come in and we mention them to them, and the, they've never heard of these muscles because they're not those big thigh muscles or back muscles that are normally spoken about, and 
a lot of times when people do stretch and they do actively play sports and they they don't sometimes stretch out the right muscles and so what happens over the years um uh for instance there's you know a muscle on the on the front of the hip that you know the iliopsoas that attaches to the lower spine and a lot of times people have tightness there and it pulls on that spine and that itself can be causing imbalances in your function and you know you go to a physical therapist you might need one or two visits loosen that up you know we we send you home with a home exercise program and and knowledge of of what's going on in your body and and you know you change your life so back to this idea of strengthening how do you strengthen uh, you tell me your knee well, what am i doing okay so um with the knee i mean there's different uh schools of thought on uh whether you're doing uh whether you want to do squats um you know basic squats you can do wall squats you can do free squats um whether you're doing knee extensions with you know on a machine or with cuff weights um so a so lot of times you have a little bit of like being at a gym absolutely but you but right so a lot of times but when we send when we send someone home we're not sending them to say you have to go to a gym now we're giving them the tools that they can do on a daily basis in their house in their office um you know if it's a situation where the person is a professional athlete Okay. And he needs uh, that serious right. that's, training. That's a different, that's a different guy, story. But, you know, most of our listeners, any professional athletes out there listening, please, you know, <laughs> bear with us. Most of us are not. We don't send. We we. I can't remember ever sending a patient home and saying, "You need to do this at the gym," unless they tell me that I'm going to the gym and right, what should right, I do. Right. What we do home with three or four basic exercises to continue their progress and to maintain what they've gained. I think the, the key that that I get from what you're doing is that you first f focus in on what is really the cause of what's giving them the pain, help them address that cause first, and then go from there. Teach yeah, them. and teach them. And Most teach importantly, them. is teach them. Okay. Teach them what's going on in their body. Teach them how their body works, and how they can prevent stuff like this from the future. In so, you know, you have other uh, disciplines like uh, acupuncturists and chiropractors. and How does that work with physical therapy? Okay, so um, uh, many times uh, we, get, we get patients in um, with, you know, that have had uh, chronic pain. And they've tried everything in the book. Um, then we get uh, new patients, you know, with uh, with new injuries, and they they say, you know, they've they've had a this injury for three months. They've been seeing a chiropractor. Uh, they tried acupuncture. They tried uh, you know herbal medicine. They they've they've tried everything. Uh, a lot of times they ask me, should I try this or should I try that? And I'll never tell a patient not to try something. Unless um, we feel it's going to harm them. In most right. cases, if you're going to a qualified practitioner, right. you, there's no reason that they, you know, they will put you in harm's way. Right. Yeah. So um, what people don't realize is a lot of these, uh, you know, these, these other therapies, sort of say, um, can work really well together. Um, 
for instance, acupuncture and chiropractic, from what my understanding is, a lot of times is they they they're there to give you uh, you know pretty much a straight solution. And uh, a lot of times people come to me and they say, oh, you know, I can't wait to get my to my chiropractor. He can, you know, I get my adjustment and I'm great. And and my my answer to that is that's awesome. And I and I love that. I love that chiropractors can do that. Um, but a lot of times my patients will tell me, you know, three months later, I have the pain again. So what I like to tell them is, you know what? Next time you go to your chiropractor and you relieve that pain, come over to me, see me. Maybe we can see, you know, what type of movements you're doing that are causing that pain, and now we can prevent that. Right. And one exactly. thing I want to point out also that a lot of people have a mis misconception, a misunderstanding with, is that we, we as physical therapists, are within our scope of practice can do. It's not what we call, or what it's not what chiropractors call as adjustments. We do manipulations. I I do lumbar manipulations. I do thoracic manipulations, cervical manipulations for the right person. I will do it. I'm not as quickly to do it as some other practitioners, but I will use these tools. And these are all part of these are all techniques that I have in my toolbox to address these issues. And something like that, along with a proper stretching routine, strengthening routine, education, that putting it all together, sometimes for the right person, might be more beneficial than just running for one fi one simple fix. When if if you want to learn to take care of yourself and educate yourself and get to understanding what may cause the root of this issue or what may bring it about and how to correct it and even self-correction. Sometimes a lot of these issues can be addressed uh, no, by the by the individual themselves instead of having to repetitively come back and come back. Right. We don't we don't want to see our, our patients for for six months at a time, and nor will we get paid for it. But <laughs> but it doesn't look good. Yeah. What we really want to do is is get our patients better and 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 teach them how to you know prevent injury. Well, I think we covered really a lot of topics tonight. But just to to give our listeners a heads up that if you want to visit a real physical therapy center and you can even go in there yourself even without a referral which is great so refuel physical therapy is right here in the neighborhood it's right off of notion avenue and avenue m what's the number seven number seven one eight two five two zero six two five again seven one eight two five two zero six two five and even if you just want to check out the facility, ask a couple of questions, feel free to just stop by, I look mean, around, ask around. I, I think that you'll find that uh, Jack Engelberg and Joey Weiss are very, very capable. And as you hear from our interview tonight, they really seem to have a good handle on a very down-to-earth approach to helping people stay out of the doctor's office, stay out of the physical therapy places, and get the most out of their their uh, body and enjoy their life. Gentlemen, thank you so much. I thank really you, appreciate Dad. it. Thank, thank you, you very much.